0: Here is my reality reflection for today. God never abandons us. And God always answers our prayers. So, some of you out there might be laughing at me right now. Yeah, right. I've only been praying for this for 30 years. I think God abandoned me, He's not there. Or in the middle of your trials, you are desperate. You are calling out to the Lord and nothing is changing. You are in the trial and you're like, what is going on? Some of you may even have despair so badly that you walk away from God that you say, forget it, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to remind you of a couple things. Remember the three Ps. It's a process. And in that process, we have no clue what God is doing in us or in those around us. Number two, patience. Because we don't know God's ways, because we will never understand, we have to be patient. And patience is a virtue. Hello. And guess what? We have to practice virtues. They don't just come. We have to cast out and renounce the spirit of anger and resentment and impatience and pride because guess what? Patience is linked to pride. We think we should have the answers and we should have our prayers be unfolding right in front of our eyes right now. But God has a reason why he's not answering those. And I'll get to the answering prayers part in a moment. Let's get to the third P, persistence. We cannot give up. What alternative do you have if you give up on God? You have eternal damnation. That's a really bad alternative. (laughs) I don't know about you. But I would rather struggle in my faith and have a half of a half of a half of a mustard seed and grab onto that little thing that you probably can't even touch or grab onto because it's so small. But I would rather pray for my faith to be increased, which is, by the way, something we should pray for every single day. Because just like the apostles and the disciples who went out to share the beautiful truth of Jesus and his salvation... I'm sure they got persecuted. They were getting, you know, let's look at it, right? They were getting martyred. They were getting killed. Talk about needing more faith every single day. But for them, that torture, that martyrship, if you will, I don't even know if that's a word, but them being martyred didn't matter because they believed in Jesus and they believed in the afterlife where there is no pain. There is no persecution. And that's what we need to hold on to. This life is so short. Although people who are struggling and who are in pain and who are sick and ill and people who are lonely and scared and afraid. Yeah, it seems like this is a real long life. But we must, must remember that God never abandons us. Now let's talk about what God actually does in terms of answering our prayers. Number one, he says, yes. And then that prayer is answered. And praise God when you see your prayers being answered in front of you. You had best not be one of those nine lepers, not going to Jesus saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Or Mary, if you're praying to her, thank you, thank you, thank you. He also says, yes, but not right now. There must be a reason not right now. Do you need to grow in more faith? Do you need to take more steps towards your trust that God's got this? Do you need to offer up your pain and suffering to the Lord so that he can take it and you can have trust that he will answer your prayer uh, on his time, in his way. That's a tough one. It goes right back to the three Ps. It's a process that we have no idea because it's God's process. We need to be patient and we need to be persistent. And then the third way that God says or answers our prayer, he says no. And I've experienced the no in my prayers, and I've been so happy that he did not answer them. Because had those prayers been answered, my life would not be where it is now. And reflecting back, I can see that. So whatever situation you are in, if you feel that God has skipped out on you and abandoned you, that is a complete lie. Do not believe it. And you know what? Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you are involved in various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But you must let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. First Peter 1, 6-7 Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness, through manifold temptations, that trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor And glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. Isaiah 49, 15 through 16, can a woman forget her sucking, sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, that may forget, yet I will not forget thee, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, thy walls are continually before me psalm twenty seven ten Though my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord gathers me up. That's huge, especially if you've had problems with your mother and father. The Lord gathers you up psalm nine ten through eleven Those who know your name will trust you, for you have not forsaken those who seek you, Lord. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his mighty deeds among the peoples. Joshua 1.9, I've commanded you, haven't I? Be strong and courageous. Don't be fearful or discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hebrews 13.5-6, keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. God has said, I will never leave you. I will never run away from you. So we can feel sure and say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. People can do nothing to me. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-eight. Indeed, the Lord loves justice, and he will not abandon his godly ones. They are kept safe forever, but the lawless will be chased away, and the descendants of the wicked will be cut off that's a pretty big deal because here you are in the moment of abandonment thinking God left you. But if you go ahead and walk away from him, you will be like the lawless chased away and the wicked would be cut off. And we don't want that. We don't want that. No matter what, we've got to keep seeking the Lord. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will be given to you. Let's take a look at the readings today because they're kind of in your face. I would get there. Sorry, I pushed another button. I'm going to go to the gospel. Well, you know, let's go to Esther. I mean, come on, this woman, talk about, whoa. (laughs) Let's do, um, Queen Esther sees with mortal anguish, had recourse to the Lord. She lay prostrate on the ground together with her handmaids from morning until evening, and said, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, blessed are you. Help me, who am alone, and have no help but you. For I am taking my life in my hand. As a child, I used to hear from the books of my forefathers that you, O Lord, always free those who are pleasing to you. Now help me, who am alone, and have no one but you, O Lord my God. And now come help me, an orphan. Put in my mouth persuasive words in the presence of the lion and turn his heart to hatred for, the, for our enemy so that he and those who are in league with him may perish. Save us from the hand of our enemies, turn our mourning into gladness and our sorrows into wholeness. The responsorial psalm today, Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. And then the verse before the gospel, this, this, if you listen to anything that I have said today is what I want you all to walk away from. If you're in that despairing moment and you think that God has abandoned you, you need a clean heart. So here we go. A clean heart create for me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation. Give me back the joy of your salvation. Clean my heart. Get this evil out. Get all these lies that have been beaten into me, that I'm not loved, that God abandoned me, that he doesn't care, that he's not answering my prayers, that you're giving up because it's just you. See, God isn't nice and sweet and kind. He's completely ignored you. So go do something else. Well, honestly, I go back to my first comment. What else are you going to do? Running away from God or going in the other direction is only going to bring damnation into your heart, your soul. You will be denying the Lord. And I think that's worse if you believe in, in God and you believe in Jesus as our savior and you believe in all the promises that Jesus has given us for when we leave this earth, then you should be okay with every circumstance, trusting that God's got a plan and doing your best to offer up all of your suffering to him. It's hard. I know I'm speaking a lot of words here and some of you may be in like ridiculous despair, totally sick and ill, In so much pain, thinking, yeah, Kendra, easier said than done. And darn it, it is. But you cannot give up. You cannot walk away. What you need is to remind your heart. You need Jesus to change your heart. I've said this before. My whole ministry can be summed up in Jesus is the answer to everything. So if you aren't running to Jesus, not running to him in prayer, not crying out to him, not having these direct conversations with him to have him change your heart, to have him heal you, to answer your prayers, to be persistent, right? And to be patient. Then we've honestly, we haven't finished the race. We haven't done what we should. And I don't know about you, but it is not worth my soul. I would rather struggle with my faith and have a real come-to-Jesus kind of conversation than just give up and not talk to him at all about it. And that's what some people do. Is that you? Have you sat with Jesus on your heart and said, Lord, what are you doing? I've been reading Job. It's part of this... Bible in a year thing. And it's very interesting because Father Mike, who reads it, says, we're not going to get the answer why, we're going to get the answer who. So Job, who is the most faithful servant to the Lord, has everything happen to him. Everything. Guess what? That was a conversation with Satan and God. Satan said, hey, your Job guy only is faithful to you because you haven't allowed trials and tribulations in his life. And God said, he's like, let me at him, (laughs) right? Satan said, let me at him. And God said, okay, but you don't touch a hair on his head. So what did he do? He took everything from him, his family, his kids, his, his oxen and all of his animals and his farm and everything. And yet Job still had faith and still worshiped God. I will end with that. Satan is the the only thing he does. The only thing he does is try to take us away from our relationship with God. And if you are feeling abandoned, that is not God. And I just read you a ton of scripture verses, and you can go on that wonderful interweb and find them yourself. This one had 40 of God's love, and he never abandons us. So those are lies from the evil one who wants you to turn your back on God. You're smarter than that, right? Come on. It's the oldest trick in the book, yet how many of us fall for it? Lastly, the gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asked for a fish? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. That's the gospel. Are you asking the Father directly? Maybe even in the name of your son, Jesus, Father, please help me. I encourage you to have a conversation from your heart. Cry, yell, scream, be real. Why? Because God knows what you're feeling anyway. And he wants you to come to him. We're his children. He loves us more than we could ever imagine. And he wants to heal us and give us that consolation. But we've got to come to him. We have to ask him into our hearts. A clean heart, create for me. Oh God, give me back the joy of your salvation. When the joy of his salvation, the joy of Jesus Christ, the joy of his salvation, suffering and death and resurrection hit my heart when I believed it with every fiber of my being, that was a game changer. It all comes from the heart. And if you're not feeling that true understanding of God, it's like, Our faith is still in our head. And I was in that walk for a long time. That 18 inches from our head to our heart, that is when the faith becomes real. When you feel the supernatural stuff from God. But you know what? You gotta have a real relationship with him. You've got to talk to him like he is a living human beings sitting right in front of your face that has the power to answer your prayers because he does. But many of us don't have those conversations. Or we think by praying and reciting the rosary or the chaplet or other things are what equals a relationship with God. And it is not that. God needs to be your best friend God needs to be the one that you run to when you're in in joy and love and excitement and zeal with thanks and praise. And God needs to be there when you're just blah during the day and you want the Lord to put some peace and joy in your heart so you could go be love. It's really all about us crying out to him, just like Jesus. Jesus did the same thing. My, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, there's a big old story about that. Maybe I'll share it with you. But that whole line actually goes back to the Old Testament. It's part of this big, I think it's all in the Psalms. I'll share that with you. But, I mean, Jesus really wasn't saying, God, why are you abandoning me? Because he knows what is happening. But he meant it to prove to the Jewish community, yeah, I'm the one. Because if you continue, I think it's in the Psalms. I'll find that out for you. It's all about Jesus and the Messiah. And he is fulfilling that prophecy on the cross. He's not saying, God, why have you abandoned me? He's not. And I'll leave you with one thing. When we die, when we depart this earth, and we're still Hanging on to that half of a half of a half of a mustard seed of faith. That's all we need. But don't you let that go. You get on that horn right to God. Put your heart out there and say, a clean heart create for me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation. We all need Faith. We all need more faith. We all need to increase our faith. And guess what? That should be an ask every day, all day. It's a process. We do not know God's ways. We do not know his timing and we'll never understand it. So we need to be patient, but we need to be persistent. Do not let evil dupe you. You're smarter than that. Lord, a clean heart create for me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation. He's with you always. Cry to him. Reach out to him. Whatever your trial is, God wants to hear from you. A lot of people say, well, if God already knows what I need, why do I need to pray it? Because that's our, that's our showing that we believe we trust in him, but we still have our desires and wants and we go to him for that. I actually stopped praying for my husband because I knew that I don't know, this goes back three years ago or something, because I was kind of like, okay, this is stupid. God knows what I, that I want my husband to come back to church, you know, and to join me at mass. Why am I praying for this? He knows it. Yeah, dumb, 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 fell for that one. Thanks, Satan. <laughs> because the more I pray, the more I have to let go, the more my control is given to God. The more my pride turns into humility. It's a process for me. It increases my faith. Because the more I pray and the more I let go and give it to him, the more peace I have. So again, (laughs) it's a process. (laughs) We got to be patient, but be persistent. Do not give up. The day that you give up, my friend, who might be needing to hear this, is the day the devil wins your soul. And I am here to fight with you every single day to cast out those emotions and feelings and and taunting things in your mind and that despair. Cast it out. We've got to fight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the spirit of abandonment. That is a spirit. Kick it out in Jesus' name and be like serious about it. Okay, I don't even know how long this has been going. Whoa, 24 minutes. But I'm passionate about this because we may be feeling abandoned on this Lenten journey. You may be one week into this thing going, well, I've pretty much fallen every day on this stronghold that has me. And Lord, I can't, where are you? You're supposed to be here for Lent. But we have to look at ourselves. Are we going to Jesus for his help? That is the answer. So start having that real come to Jesus discussion, especially if you're on the border of giving up on him because he will never, ever give up on you. Alrighty, everyone. I love you all. I really do. We are on this awesome walk and it's not easy for some of us and we're sometimes in the valley, but you've got to keep walking and know that there's a mountain right in front of you that you can be up on, but you got to go to Jesus directly face-to-face even better. If you can get to the Eucharistic adoration and sit in front of his face, it's just like the sun. There's no way you can sit there for an hour and not be impacted by the son of God, right? Just like you sit under the sun in the sky, you're going to get a little burned, maybe a little tan, depending on your skin. (laughs) Me, I'd be burned. And I'm going to go share that hour with Jesus today. I know some of you may not even be able to get to Jesus. So you know what? I know that there's some Eucharistic adoration online. So sit in front of your computer, sit in front of your phone, look at Jesus and cry out from the wilderness. That is what Lent is about. Jesus was tempted. Jesus went through incredible pain, anguish, angst, abandonment from every single apostle that he was supposed to have with him. He was completely alone except for the fact that he had God the Father. Oh, and Mary and other people, obviously, that stayed with him and John and etc. But honestly, he probably felt abandoned. But then knew the Lord was going to bring such great things out of this bad, right? All right, I'm <laughs> clearly I can go on and on. All righty, but I'm not. I'm just going to ask you sit with Jesus, share your heart, cry. Yell, scream, whatever you need to do. Probably don't do that when you're in adoration with other people. It's supposed to be quiet in there. (laughs) But if you're home and you can't get to adoration, get on that line, right? Get online and pick up that horn in another way. A clean heart. Give me, oh God, so I can find that joy in your salvation again. I love you all. Have a blessed and inspired day and find something more with God because that's always the answer. It's never the opposite of that. Have a blessed and inspired day.